Every time we have a guest on the podcast, we focus on what that person accomplished, the strategy, the journey, the mental mindset. But sometimes we overlook the footwear that took them from point A to point B. Even the best athletes have problems with footwear that's mass produced and designed for maximum profit while sacrificing quality. And then there's today's sponsor, Speedland. Speedland is changing the game with the all new SLPDX trail footwear made from the most premium components available today. Listen to this trail runner wish list. It's the first shoe to ever feature BOA's LI2 fit system. It has dual dials with multi-directional incremental dialing for a perfect fit. The midsole uses a new formulation of PBEX foam for ultimate energy return. Then there's the Carbitex carbon fiber plate with asymmetrical flex. It's stiff in one direction and flexible in the other. Finishing it off, the SLPDX uses a Michelin wrap outsole with a customizable lug pattern that can be adjusted for any terrain. When we say it's all there, it's all there. Plus, Speedland gives back 10% of all profits to outdoor organizations chosen by their athletes. And once the shoe reaches the end of its life cycle, you can send it back where it will be disassembled and recycled. So check out the Speedland SLPDX over at runspeedland.com or at the link in our description. Follow them on Instagram at runspeedland and drop a note in their inbox if you have any questions. Welcome back to the Fastest Known Podcast, talking with the fastest people as usual from around the world. And this time we're back across the pond. So here's a trivia question for you. Are you ready for this one? Who is on the number two person on the all-time FKT list? So Jason Hardrath has been on the podcast uh, once or twice. He just finished his 100th. But who is number two? Well, I'm going to tell you who that is. I'm speaking with David Bone from London, England. Welcome, David. Hey, Buzz. How are you, my friend? Well, I'm doing pretty well, and obviously you're doing very well also. <laughs> In case people aren't following this that closely, you have 89 FKTs. Jason, you know, he was going for 100. He just did it with his uh, about three days ago with his Washington Bulgars. And Ben Nephew is at 71. Then it drops off fast after that. So the podium currently is clear. Now I want to note there is no podium. It's not a competition, but still 89. That's a lot, David. What, I mean, so what's up with this? Fill us in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I must mention, uh, um, I, I'm a huge fan and admirer of Jason, uh, and Mr. Hardrath. Uh, I've been very lucky enough to have a few, um, sort of, uh, one-to-one conversations with him and, we, we had this sort of little private um, in-joke buzz sort of a couple of months ago because I, I noticed that Jason had this hashtag on his uh, Instagram called um, Journey to 100 FKTs. And I was just like, you know, what happens, Jason, if I get to 100 FKTs before you? And he was a bit like, yeah, you wouldn't, would you? So we, we, started, <laughs> we started to get in this conversation about what he was going to do for his 100th, which, as you mentioned, was the Washington Bulgars, which is truly astonishing. It's, it's, it's a real mind-blowing adventure that he's just undertaken. And I, I was just in awe. I, I just loved it. So I, I privately said to him, look, I, I'm not going to try and, as we say in England, nick, <laughs> nick a few FKTs and get to 100 before you. I could never do that. So, uh, yeah, so I must I must firstly say, yeah, total respect to Jason. Yeah, that's that's wonderful achievement. 
Well, what a great community. You two were uh, communicating with each other. And like you say, you could have nicked him because uh, the Bulgars are the 100 highest summits. Yep. So that's not going to take one hour. You know, that took, you know, I actually forgot how long it took, but it was more than a month. And so that took him some time. By the way, we're recording this on August 7th. Right now, for the listeners, know where we're at in time and space. And so you could have made a late charge, but uh, well, actually, you, I'm looking at the list here, David, and you have done 51 so far in 2021. That's almost two per week. So you, you, you've got to be, this is intentional. You're not just out here casually, oh, what am I going to do today? You, you must be, have a project here. Am I correct? Yeah, I mean, I guess um, it, it's probably two or three things, Buzz, that are sort of colliding at the same time. So um, I I guess, uh, I mean, I, my first um, FKT was uh, called the Capital Ring here in London, Buzz. And uh, I, I guess when, when I got that record with um, my running buddy, Darren, I mean, that didn't lead to any more FKTs. It, it was very specific about it. It's it's uh, on the podcast you had a couple of weeks ago with um, with the two mics. You know, it's um, it's definitely what I would call one of the like the blue ribboned FKTs, the Capital Ring. You know, so we're we're going very specifically for that one. But um, then then the uh, then the pandemic hit, Buzz. <laughs> And as has been mentioned on many of your other great podcasts, um, all the races were taken away. Uh, there, there was a feeling of um, keeping things very local. And uh, I, I remember one of your podcasts in the very early days where you, you interviewed a gentleman from the UK at, and he started to share with you the real kind of history of some of the FKTs. And I, I got really bought into the history buzz I, I i started to research myself about you know some of the um rivers that used to be in london that are no longer there but you know geologists have worked out you know overground routes to kind of follow the river and you know a lot of, a lot of things in the uk have this sort of epic <laughs> kind of historical connotation um and so yeah, I, I started this journey where there were a few FKT routes that were already um, listed. So I, I did a few of those um, FKTs here in London. But really, every week, I was probably adding a new route as quickly as I was doing a, a route that already existed in the FKT. So uh, so I did that for a few months, Buzz, and probably... Uh, got up to about 25 FKTs. And, and and that was probably when I first realized about the, uh, as you said, the leaderboard <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> exist. And I saw Ben's name and I saw, you know, the people around the kind of, th I mean, I remember at the time seeing kind of Killian's name, Mike Wardian, and even, even Peter's name and thinking, wow, you know, I'm, kind of uh, brushing unofficial shoulders with with the giants so um so yeah that was that was it buzz you know there was a sort of um an initial period but then 
that sort of feeling, okay, well, this is interesting. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying sharing the FKT journey, which I think is something that Jason absolutely cherishes as well. So there's, it's become a combination of things since then. Right. Well said, David. Yeah, people could be streakers. They could run every day for a few years. They could run the same race all the time. And I think the human mind likes to orientate around something. Yeah. And as you said, and Jason has said, it's the journey. And so by having this little framework to participate in, you get to explore your home country, particularly your home city. So why not? Uh, it, it makes sense. And again, 89 is quite a bit. And that just basically started in 2020. Capital Ring was at the end of 2019 and 51 in 2021. So you're getting after it. Now, so you are, I mean, do you have a goal? I mean, you're, you're, you must have a goal here. Sorry to pin you down. I know it's the journey. It's in the process, but I have to presume you want to get to a hundred. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's something uh, quite fun and joyful about, uh, you know, sort of um, reaching that uh, centenary mark. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, like many other people in the kind of ultra running and FKT world, I, I, I love I love the kind of statistics. I love to keep a spreadsheet, Buzz. So, I mean, I, I've probably got a spreadsheet of about, I'd say not far off 200 routes that I think I could do, you know, if I had the time. And obviously, as you know extremely well, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot that goes behind attempting an FKT. I mean, they're not all on your doorstep. So there's the travel, there's the kind of the family life balance. Um, so it, it's always wonderful when you can kind of bring in FKTs with other things that you're doing uh, in life. So, but you know, uh, yeah, I could see I could see a way to go from kind of ninety to about one hundred and eighty in about another year's time. Uh, af- af- after that. I think we get to a point where I guess it'll be interesting to know more from yourself, Buzz. I mean, in terms of the growth, as you've explained on podcasts, especially in the US and in the UK, you know, when do we think we've got enough roots? You know, when, because I, I'm seeing, you know, obviously clearly the the real classics, they already exist within the FKT and we're seeing lots of, truly amazing athletes going for these these really you know incredible routes but i i still think that there's a there's parts of the uk which aren't served by uh good trails yet so it's always good to know that you know other areas um can have their own fkts and so there's plenty there but i mean there has to become a point where you know, I mean, I've tried to get a few FKTs past yourself and Peter before, and you've you've refused them for different reasons. <laughs> There's always going to be a point where you go like, look, like in London, because obviously for me, I'm very passionate about sharing that there are uh, true uh, trail routes within within London, and that you can very easily get off tarmac and parks and get out into kind of forests and. And things, but you, you, you famously um, 
refused what was called the Princess Diana Memorial Walk. Do you remember oh, this one, Buzz? Yeah, actually, it, I can't remember the the route, but I definitely remember the name. I definitely remember coming across my desk. Yeah, you 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 were you were quite kind for the first few months because you you got into the history of the stuff that I was sharing. I was always putting a lot of detail in there, you know, 16th century and castles and this, that, and the other. And I thought, oh, yeah, this Princess Diana buzz is just going to go. This is brilliant. <laughs> and the thing about the Princess Diana walk is it it's supposed to go from, uh, you know, Kensington Palace through the Royal Gardens, which, you know, was a, a route that she took. But as you, this was pre-pandemic and you said that uh, – this would be good if we were known as the slowest known time dot com because, <laughs> because of all the potential tourists, uh, which, which I guess was kind of true. And then obviously we had the pandemic and there were no tourists. But so that mm. that one never got in. But yeah, I'm well, fairly- this is, David, this is great. We have a guest on the podcast who I have denied something to. So now you, you got equal opportunity to argue it back and say I was full of baloney. So this, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, lo- I love the I love the challenges that there have been other um, FKTs that I have um, submitted. And we've always, I guess, whether it's the same in the US or different, but um, there's the challenge because we 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 have a lot of races here. So there's a there's a lot of potential for um, someone to submit an FKT and then someone else to say, ah, oh, but there's a there's a race or there's a similar race on the route. And right. and also something else that I, I want to do at a certain point, Buzz, is the is the, the entire English coastal path. And and I mean you you have various sections of the coastal path. So there's a very famous bit, the southwest coastal path, which Damien Hall and Christian Morgan have done. But um it's not really clear as to what the pr- proper full English coastal path is because a lot of it goes on to some of the islands and some of the islands, they don't have an official route round. So when I submitted one, which is called Mersey Island, which is off a place called Essex in the UK, and it's a beautiful route. It's a beautiful trail. But, um, yeah, it was kind of refused because – in the past, there's been a race there, and obviously the race organisers keep um, a log, don't they, Buzz, of people that have successfully um, completed that race. But I guess my my challenge at the time was um, trying to bring the FKT to a wider audience and the difference between, um, uh, like, supported which races are fkts and the notion of you know unsupported bars or mixed teams which typically you don't get do you in races because you know you're you're having to provide your own fuel and things so yeah that's not david stopped well you've you've thought about this and your questions and queries are exactly correct we've thought about the same things and what you start off by saying is completely correct which is it's a gray area I mean, I really wish we could say this is an FKT route and this is not. But think about that. It cannot be objectively defined, right? It's, it's You could 
lay this out in 20 sentences and you're still going to have judgment calls that have to be made. And one of our initial starting judgments is that everything is not an FKT route. So people can't go out and run around the block and put it on the website. We don't, we don't want to deal with it. Other people don't want to see it. Strava already does that, right? You put something on Strava and there's 30, 100 segments there between mailboxes, just like who cares? And so the FKT route has to be, is our main definition, something that someone else will want to do. You see what I mean? Rather than of a personal interest. And so if I'm visiting London, it's my bucket list, right? If you're visiting the United States, you say, hey, I'm going to look at the FKT routes because those are the best routes in the country. So it has to have a repeatable allure to it and not go through tribal lands or not be trespassing, you know, things like that. So the Princess Diana walked. I actually don't remember, but what you said is probably true. If it's just crowded with tourists, then it, it just could get a little awkward. And it's like whoever wants to be the rudest would get the fastest time. But then, like you say, pandemic hits, and maybe that wasn't an issue. So thanks for bringing that up, David. This is, <laughs> this is great. You can challenge me on all these things. And with your spreadsheet, you're capable of doing it. I also had this, I don't know if it's been mentioned before, Buzz, but um, it, you know on the previous podcast with the mics, you were talking about um, the the rounds, the Bob Graham round and the Paddy Buckley. And, and so in the UK, we have a concept of winter round. So there's certain seasons which are, you know, if you do your attempt, you know, in those particular months, almost certainly you're going to have much harsher conditions than you would do if you waited for a summer. And I did a lot of my FKTs, the ones that you mentioned, kind of in the winter, which were, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, I don't think we always get as bad a conditions as you do in the US. But there was enough mud there, Buzz, you know, there was some interesting conditions. And I've noticed that now the spring, summer's come, you know, people have started to whittle off and beat all my FKTs. So it got me thinking as to whether that winter round was a, was a concept. Because obviously, again, you want to encourage potentially people to be enjoying and experiencing the routes all year round. And if they're waiting for constantly dry conditions, best conditions, then they're missing out potentially on a huge section of the year when they could be doing these fantastic FKT routes, you know? Right. That's a good question. I'm going to go back to the, I'm going to deal. This is good. You're bringing this up that everyone is going to want to hear. So going back to your question about races. Yes. Our way of dealing with that is noting that if the fastest time on a route was set during a race, it's still the FKT. Yeah. And so we don't disallow races we just say well if the race has already kept track of it then we're not going to and that becomes the fkt but the gray area like you just said is the unsupported or self-supported if you're in a race it's automatically a supported event and so you could go do the same course by yourself and then you could get the unsupported for example fkt and we've been a little shy about that because it it, it could kind of balloon up out of control. And so we don't want to do that on common 
easy things, you know what I mean? But if someone goes out and runs the Western States 100 course, you know, carrying all their own food and water, we're going to count that as an unsupported, right? So same in the UK. We races that are done unsupported, not during the, I should say race courses, they're not, are done not during the race. We'll go for that, but we'd like it to be something meaningful, Yes. So, uh, so that people are going to say, okay, that, that means something. The person isn't just trying to game the system, so to speak. <laughs> and we'd also like it to be relevant to the fastest course record time. We've had people do this. So that the, there's a course record on a race for three hours. And someone submits an FKT and an unsupported for eight hours. And we're going, you know, really? <laughs> I mean, let's... Let's kind of bring that a little more into the ballpark. And this is absurdly subjective. Our apologies. And so mm, it's it's hard. Peter and I have a little joke um, when we are you know, proving routes. Now, by the way, the regional editors do it. We don't do much of it anymore at all. But we'd say, wow, dashing people's hopes and dreams is no fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that's what it is. It's terrible. It's awful. So on one hand, we want to keep the integrity of the site up. But on the other hand, I'm an enthusiastic, supportive person by nature. I want people to succeed. I really want to support everything you're doing. Then you have to dash someone's hopes and dreams. And it's just terrible. It's, it's, it's gut-wrenching. So we're making these judgment calls that we would actually just as soon not make. But if you try to objectify our guidelines, you'll see that you cannot do it. You can't get to 100%. It's interesting, Buzz. It, it makes me think of um, something else, a little, another little project that I'm doing at the moment, Buzz, which is, um, again, it was pre the pandemic, which is why it's kind of stalled a bit, is um, this idea of... Um, exploring greenways so you know especially in in large cities you know trying to bring people into contact with projects about regeneration taking kind of urban wasteland and you know there's, there's a lot of rewilding projects um you know like you say you look at singapore and these kind of wonderful forests that are kind of blossoming inside of cities well how do you then try and incorporate uh you know runs or walks that kind of link the these up and so i've i've got a list of these potentially quite interesting routes buzz um under a project called the london greenways um but they're they're unfinished pro uh, projects <laughs> so i i've gone to explore some of them and i'm scratching my head because it's a bit like the conversation that's happened recently about the Appalachian Trail, which is, you know, if someone interprets a leg themselves and say, right, I'm going to do this bit as an out and back, and then someone else comes along and then interprets it differently, when it, when it isn't an established route, then, you know, and I saw that in the early days of some of the FKTs, you know, I, I would plot out an FKT route uh, working with one of the regional editors and then someone else would come along and say, okay, well, but you know, the way that the original, uh, you know, pilot scheme of the, of the route 
suggest it you know we we went and did another thing and if nobody objects buzz then then you've kind of got a few different gpx's going floating around haven't you for the same yeah it's not a bad thing but i guess like i said that's that's an interesting one in terms of trying to establish uh, some new things when you know uh there could be some really fantastic stuff there it could really be useful especially in london to to bring to a, the attention to runners an area that's not currently well served. But like I say, there's not not a really well polished <laughs> version of the route yet. And so I, right. I'm out there trying, but uh, haven't figured it out myself. Well, good. David, that's an excellent approach. I like the fact that you contacted the regional editor and some other people because we can't be experts around the world. That's why yeah. we want the regional editors. We want the local community to have some degree of consensus of what the optimal route is. And occasionally we'll approve something. Then a few months later, someone will write in and say, nobody does this. This is terrible. What everyone here does. And this some slight variations like, wow, okay. And so sometimes we'll change it. So we are, here's the word, we are crowdsourced. We don't invent routes. You do. And we just manage it and we edit and try to keep it in a level playing field. That's what we do. So it's a crowdsourced website. So to the degree that the community participates is the degree of quality of roots that we have. It's a struggle. It's interesting. And it's dynamic. So thank you for having a good-natured approach to it, David, because to say we got this perfect, that would be absurd. That's, that's literally not ever going to happen there always will be some discussion. Yeah. But w- now in terms of the UK, you have this great history. And so we like to go with local. And so, for example, on the rounds, they have a different verification technique. You know, like in the Bob Graham, you got to be there with someone who's done it before. I mean, th- this is all pre-GPS. So they don't care about your GPS tracks. We do. And so you have this history that we try to respect, of course. Yeah. And part of that is the winter one. So winter gets tricky because there's different definitions of winter, isn't yeah. there? <laughs> and so we tend to stay away from that because the definition of winter, you know, changes, you know, geologic uh, geographically, it's you know the winter definition is the winter solstice to the spring equinox, but the UK doesn't use that. Yeah. They use a different date system. And then the other tricky thing is say if you get a really mild December then you can go out there and crush the winter record in summer conditions. So we, to establish a winter variation, we need it to be in a tough climate. You know what I mean? We're not going to do a winter variation for Southern California. You know, it would have to be for like Mount Rainier or things like that, or Ben Nevis, yeah. things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, no, totally interesting. It, it made me also think, Buzz, about um, so we're we're very unfamiliar with the concept of a, of a picnic, which is again, which is something that uh, Jason uh, brought to our attention. But you know, I personally got a lot of friends who they would classify themselves as not strong runners, but especially through the pandemic, they've got into open water swimming, and obviously, I think I think like I saw it in the olympics buzz i mean the i think the sport of climbing is going to literally just explode so are are you a fan of the picnic uh concept and do you see that sort of growing 
outside of the US? I'm, I'm guessing it's only in the US at the moment, isn't it? On the FPT. Right. Site. So the, the, the picnic is, they've been going on for a long time. It's multi-sport is yeah. all it is. And it's oddly, or not oddly, for some reason it really got going in Jackson, Wyoming. Yeah. And used to be the annual uh, pole pedal and paddle, which is a super classic race. And then New Zealand, of course, basically invented adventure racing. Yeah. And they did the Southern Traverse going across the Southern Island with uh, running, uh, kayaking, and cycling. But the picnic was invented by a guy also from Jackson, and that's swimming across Jenny Lake. Uh, so he added the swim section to it before climbing the Grand Teton and so forth. Yeah. So the picnic, for the listeners who don't know, is a, uh, what's the word? A kind of a joking term for a multi-sport. And as you know, Jason Hardrath, he got into it. And we actually denied a couple of those, by the way. I don't know if I told you that or not. <laughs> so for our perspective, it has to have a degree of logic. So if you're biking to a summit and there's a lake there, you can get off the bike, swim across the lake, and start climbing. You know what I mean? Yeah. We want a certain logic to it. But if you kind of go somewhere else to swim across that lake, which doesn't have anything to do with your route otherwise, we don't really like that. Does that make sense? It makes we, we, we sense. We like a little yeah. bit of logic. I, I really I really want to see if we can create one here in the UK, but uh, – yeah, it's gonna it's gonna need a lot more thought. It's probably gonna need some good local attention, I think, Buzz. I mean, I, I imagine the Lake District and Scotland and Wales are probably better served for the concept than, than elsewhere in the UK. But um, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to swim across the Thames. <laughs> Try. I've always dreamt of swimming across the Thames, Buzz. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. You're not allowed. well actually this is a good question david i have a tip for you i have a suggestion paddle drop the swim and paddle that's the there's a move in multi-sport activities triathlons i'm doing one tomorrow i'm doing a triathlon tomorrow yeah that is paddle bike run right so we're substituting the kayak for the swim so if you live in a northern climate, this has obvious positive attributes to it. You know, you don't have to wear a wetsuit. And swimming, as you know, is kind of hard. You know, it's <laughs> it like, hard. what? Yeah, I mean, okay, I can run, I can bike, swim. That's that's something else. Well, paddling can kind of level the playing field a little bit. And if the weather is bad or if it's cold, you're okay. Or if the water isn't super clean, it's okay. So like for you, You've got islands everywhere. Yeah. Right. So I think there's a lot of multi sports possible for uh, the people in the UK using the paddle rather than a swim. Yeah. The Swedes, they have a term for this, which I can't pronounce. Sorry about that. But they do a lot of swim runs and they go to islands, right? Yeah. They do multiple. They'll swim to an island, run across it, swim to another island, run across that, things like that, which is very cool. Water seems a little cold to me, but maybe I'm just a wimp. Are they on the Are they on the fastest? Are any of those swim run routes on the fastest known website, Buzz? A few are. Right. And we yeah. just had one come in out of North Carolina, maybe it was South Carolina, where it did the same thing. He's, you know, he just swam out to an island and ran around the island, and swam back. Yeah. So that's quite possible. But for you, particularly with your islands, I would 
rather be in a kayak myself than <laughs> swimming in that. And it's the same thing. So for FKT purposes, it, none of that matters. All that matters for I think you know this, David, but I'll just say it again. 50% by time must be running or hiking. Yeah. Then you can do anything else you want. And like you said, climbing. Yeah. Climbing is very cool. Like the Olympics, the competition, climbing is a great spectator event, as it turns out. Yeah. Paddling, swimming, skiing. You can do anything else you want as long as 50%, not by mileage, but by time is running or hiking. Yeah. Have have you seen online um, buzz? There's been quite a lot of people discussing in the kind of um, uh, ultra marathon space, the endurance space, about um, because we're seeing so many new sports, aren't we, in Tokyo? Whether there's a possibility of uh, getting kind of endurance sports uh, into future Olympics, which could be quite interesting for us. Well, yeah, you, you watch on the telly and <clears throat> you're looking at this and going, what? That's an Olympic sport? And you're like, <laughs> really? And you, there's 20 sports in the Olympics that you and I have never heard of. Yeah. So I'm going to, I think for Paris in 2024, it was going to be podcasting. I think <laughs> podcasting is an Olympic sport. I think I can make a comeback here. What do you think? Boom. Give him gold. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, did you see the karate where there was no opponent? So you fought against an imaginary opponent. I don't see. I missed that one. So you could have an extreme version of podcasting where you're like interviewing yourself. Ooh, I could Olympic sport. I could just change my voice. I could (laughs) put on a British accent and interview myself. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Uh, but this, this, the things the things that made it in, I think, are good. Yeah. Climbing, like you say, climbing is very legitimate, very good spectator friendly. And skateboarding, sorry, whatever you think, those there's millions of skateboarders around the world. Yeah. While there's, I'm not sure how many Greco-Roman wrestlers there are, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but by the way, on the topic, GBR, the Great Britain has had a good Olympics, good runs. That Sensational. Really Your athletics yeah. team has been very successful, so congratulations. Yeah. Stateside, the women runners have done great as usual. The men, not so much, as can sometimes be the case. So well done. Huge tradition. I mean, the Olympics, it's like the UK, England, this is you're, this is core. You've been doing this forever. Yeah. Have there been any standout uh, U.S. performances, Buzz? What's impressive? Well, Molly Seidel was uh, third in the Olympic marathon. Yeah. That was nice. yesterday. And wow. Yeah. I mean, she, uh, there was like 10 people in the field or, you know, sub 220 runners. And this is her third race. And uh, she got third. Yeah. So Olympic dreams come true. I, I think one of my, my favorite, my proudest, uh, things i've seen as a as a brit buzz has been uh, there's a we have a, a diver called tom daly i'm not sure if you've ever heard of him and so he's been competing in, in in multiple olympics before and this is the the first olympics that um he he's won a gold medal but he, he's quite an iconic figure and he's been uh, he's been seen um knitting uh in the audience during the olympics <laughs> 
Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe knitting will be in Paris 2024 with podcasting buzz. Okay, podcasting, knitting, surfing is going to be back, but they're not going to be surfing in Paris. They're going to be surfing in Tahiti. No way. So the, yeah, they've migrated the, the surfing venue to Tahiti, which once was a French colony. That's amazing. So, yeah. Well, we better move on because otherwise I'm going to start getting irritated at the huge budget, the graft and corruption of the IOC. And <laughs> you, you don't want to get me going on that topic. I mean, the athletes are amazing. The sport is amazing. I just love it all, what everyone is doing. But the overall huge bureaucracy and how the Olympics sometimes saps the economy of the local city and the local comp uh, country like Rio de Janeiro, that wasn't a good look. Mm. And so I would like them to scale this down to a more manageable size and make it a little more economically and environmentally sustainable. My personal opinion. Yeah. Okay. So your spreadsheet, David, you've got a big runway here. I could ask you what's coming up next, but uh, that would that'd take another 30 minutes. So <laughs> how would you phrase what's coming up next? Just keep going. I'm looking at your list here, and you sometimes do two FKTs in the same day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I, you know, I really am very passionate about sort of sharing that you know, anyone can do FKTs, Buzz, you know, and I think uh, whilst, you know, I, you know, I've got personal sort of sporting running ambitions, you know, I'm I'm quite happy to sort of scale things back in terms of, you know, size of FKTs, you know, so whilst I do look at and dream about pretty big, epic kind of mileage of FKTs, yeah, I mean, I, I love the fact that you can do a, 10 kilometer you know beautiful historic kind of route and, and make it much more accessible and as you said that there is a concept of out and back so that you know if someone has loaded up a route and it's a cool route and you end up kind of trying to get to the start and maybe if you need to get back to the start well you <laughs> run the out and back as well as the original one so um yeah, that, that, counts as, that counts as two. It counts as two. I, I'm, I'm personally, you know, not trying to do too many of them um, for various reasons. But, you know, logistically, sometimes if the car happens to be at the start buzz, it's pretty handy to get back to the start and, and go pretty hard on both legs. But, um, yeah, no, I've got some good ambitions. There is, there is um, a really wonderful website in uh the uk called the long distance walkers association so it's called ldwa and you know the the people that look after and contribute to that website you know it's you know on a volunteer basis i mean these 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 guys really know their mustards you know they know the history they know the roots and they've got hundreds and hundreds of volunteers constantly going out and checking way marks and styles and you know and fundraising to kind of repair these routes so pretty much anything you find on that website it is is special and there's a there's a particular route buzz i, I live in east london 
very near the Olympic Stadium. And there is a route that's been created which links all the historic trail routes all the way from London to where the um, sailing took place in the 2012 Olympic Games, which is down on the south coast. So it's a, it's about, uh, it's just over 200 kilometers. It's called the Games Way, but it, but it has some of the kind of toughest trail routes that you can navigate between London and the south coast. Uh, I, I know one of my friends did one of these as an FKT a few weeks ago, Buzz, and he was saying it was so overgrown, the trail, you know, it was just, it was literally, you got ambushed by nettles and swampy areas. It's so, it's, uh, you know, it would be quite a tough FKT, but that that's the kind of level of thing that I'm really excited about and uh, trying to, um, to, yeah, to do a few uh, punchier ones out there. <laughs> gotcha that makes sense that sounds like a classic route but stinging nettles are no fun yeah and bare legs well david you are for listeners should know this you are married and you have two teenage a teenage daughter and a teenage son so yep. i like what you said about this anyone can do this you're a good example you know you're you're a married man you're a, you're a family man yep. you're getting it done and you're not traveling to antarctica you're not you know, going to the highest mountains in South America, you're doing it kind of in your backyard. Yeah. And fortunately, the UK has this insane history, <laughs> I mean, hundreds of years. And we'll put the Long Distance Walkers Association website in the written show notes. I've yep. been to that website numerous times. That's a that's a great bucket list right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, a really good example, Buzz, is that um, so uh, – you know, a couple of months ago, I was just looking at a few sort of uh, groups on Strava, you know, Lon London-based groups, Buzz, and um, someone had entitled their particular route, <clears throat> the Rodding River. <clears throat> and I was looking at the map and I was like, wow, this, this is really close to where I live. And, you know, obviously Strava has these features like heat maps, where you can kind of see, you know, where more people are finding particular routes. And so I, I got in contact uh, with this guy, Regis, and I was just like, this this is a great route. I like, have you ever heard of fastestknowntime.com? Like, we, we should explore this, you know, and he, he'd never heard about FKT. Um, but, you know, he he was really, you know, sort of proud of this sort of find of again a, a historic river that kind of went between two quite uniquely different parts of London you know a sort of a very green uh part in the north um part of London buzz well, is is the river not there anymore so, um so in the in the start of the route that we eventually did um submit onto the FKT site you start in an area where the river is would have been, you know, like when it's mapped out. But you can you can join bits of the you know the, the river that still exists, and then it finds itself into a very industrial part of the Thames uh, in kind of East London. I mean, like I said, a totally unexplored area. I'm sure for many Londoners, it's like they call it kind of like brutalism. I think Buzz where something on one hand looks pretty ugly 
and intense, but, you know, it's kind of got this interesting kind of beauty to it from a, an old, you know, unloved part of kind of architecture. So, yeah, it, again, it's just an absolutely wonderful find of, you know, a part of the trail route kind of goes under the motorway. <laughs> There's a huge amount of kind of crazy graffiti in these underpasses. Um there's, this, there's a brilliant bit, Buzz, where you, on part of the river, there are somehow people living. They've managed to kind of get some boats there, and it's really obscured. So unless you were actually doing the FKT route, you wouldn't ever know that this existed. And on the day that I did the route, there was um, a cabin there that they've purpose-built to do kind of like a little sauna like a little heat room. So they're like these naked bodies coming out of this little hut buzz going off into these private boats. So you, you just wouldn't find these things elsewhere, would you, unless you were discovering the gems on FKT? You don't have to explore the mountaintops. You can explore the underbellies of our <laughs> the own cities. Underbellies, exactly. Yeah. And there are things there. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've done that. I've done that in India of all places. Wow. Other parts of the world. And there's wildness, isn't there? There's adventure to be found in many unexpected places. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I think I'd like more and more people to recognize that, you know, that these are just wonderful routes and that the FKT website is a fantastic resource. You're not necessarily needing to be chasing after the records, it's you know there's 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 great richness in there in terms of the content of what people are sharing in terms of you know the logistics and what you might find on the route and how you might be able to link up one route to another so i think more and more people need to find out about these things i agree david and thank you very much I, this is terrific it's so good to talk to you i've seen your name of course uh, at least 89 times apparently more like 95 times sorry about those other six and so it's wonderful to catch up in person thanks for sharing your perspective and enthusiasm no worries it's a real pleasure buzz 